the Bookish Besties, where we talk about books and occasionally their film adaptations. We're your co-hosts, Seher and Taya. In today's episode, we'll be discussing Siege and Storm, the second book in the Shadow and Bone series by Lee Bardugo. Just to let you know, this is not a spoiler-free podcast, so listen at your own risk. And with that, let's get into the summary. So, Siege and Storm takes place after Shadow and Bone, and Alina and Mal have been on a boat hiding for a couple months after they cease to defeat the Darkling. And shortly into the book, the Darkling ends up finding them after they get off this boat and they are taken onto another boat. The Darkling hired another crew of this boat to take Alina and Mal. In the time between the first book and the second book, the Darkling has become even more interested in power and wanting to find multiple amplifiers for Alina and himself so then they can become even more powerful. So currently he's on the hunt for the Sea Whip, that's also why Mal is forced to hunt them. And so they find the Sea Whip and stuff happens throughout the story. Some new characters are introduced, including Nikolai and just kind of their story going along, fighting the Darkling as usual. As far as this book goes, I would say it's probably the least memorable book, as are books in the middle of trilogies, I feel like. For example, the Scorch Trials in the Maze Runner trilogy, honestly, I kind of forgot about that book. I think I really liked this book because we got to see some new characters. We got to see Nikolai. So that was interesting. I don't know. I feel like what happens a lot with middle books too is that they kind of are important in the sense of trying to get the story from point A to point B. And instead of trying to focus on what happens in this, it just kind of feels like this is kind of needed to get to the end book. As well as when you're talking about the first book, there's, you know, a lot of new characters, a lot of interesting things that are happening. And then the middle book, you kind of get used to that. Like, the last book is kind of the big hurrah, almost, where you get to see all this interesting stuff happening, and that's usually more entertaining, I feel like, than the middle book, so. But I but I did like this book. Yeah, I also feel similarly, I feel like, because it's in the middle of the series, so it kind of is just a blur, because I read this book, like, a few weeks ago, and I don't exactly remember it that well, compared to the first book in the series and the third book in the series, because, like, the first book is, like, setting the exposition, you're meeting everyone, the last book is the ending to this series. So it was a bit of a blur in that sense, but I did enjoy meeting the new characters. That was fun, and honestly, I feel like this was an okay book in the trilogy. It's like one amplifier per book. Oh, wait. Oh, I I just realized that all the book names are like related to the amplifiers. There is honestly like a lot of running away from the Darkling. Like, I mean, just, like, throughout the series, they're, like, always just, like, running and then him capturing again and them running. It's, like, this ongoing cycle. Okay, I'm gonna say what I meant to say from the beginning. I really liked how we found the Sea Whip pretty early on, and then it was, the rest of the book was them trying to find the Firebird, and then them not finding the Firebird for that book, because it was pretty interesting to see, because I, I really thought that they were gonna find it since it was such early on and very close to when they found the stag, I guess, so those two amplifiers the time between them was much quicker than the rest of the books were, you know? They like, oh yeah, I remember the very ending of the book. They're like in the palace and then they're getting attacked. By the app, well, and then the apparatus. that's fun. So basically, Nikolai proposes to her after they land and get to his identity is revealed and he's like, to make my kingdom strong, I want to marry you, even though he, he has an older brother who's going to become king. Dang, family drama. Mm, well, that doesn't end well. And 
So it's kind of unfortunate to like, then he like proposes to her, which honestly is a pretty smart thing, but then he did reveal later on that that was a mistake. But I'm like, damn, you really had to do Alina like that. I mean, yeah, like their marriage, it wasn't like out of love or like anything like that. They're just No, it was political, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like, what did he expect? That, bro, all the love interests in the series are so literally like, oh my god. I actually liked Nikolai. It's just that she didn't like Nikolai and that they weren't really good together, so. I like Nikolai as a character, but I don't like Nikolai and Elena together as a ship. No. Because, like, they're just forced. Yeah, I was kind of taken aback from the ending because I'm like, wait a minute, hold up. It was really violent, the ending. I know, like, everyone was kind of slaughtered and the darkling's like woohoo darkling needs to chill that was sad yeah so then they were all in like the chapel and alina was trying to talk to the darkling and then she was essentially like "Ooh, come here and then she tricked him and then almost killed she like mixed both their powers and then alina takes a bit of his power trying to kill them both but then mal just gets all like no this can't happen not to alina and then he like saves her which really just lets the darkling live so then there's a whole other book on this like why would have alina died if mal didn't save then everything would be over but that means like the fold and everything true no because it, it was connected to the darkling's power and i don't know how that would have happened but it would have been nice that he would have died whether the fold was gone or not it still would have been nice that he would have no longer been living yeah but, then but no would be mal dead, got selfish or... the effects that she had of taking some of the darkling's power did not help her psyche okay it was not good for her no. she saw things too many things like okay and all the illusions she would have of him in this she kissed him like they kissed again okay should we move on to character because like yes okay okay not gonna lie i just i didn't we didn't really bring this up in the last episode but the darkling is kind of stupid like he has bagra right who is his mother who's the only one that can expose him for who he really is train with alina and all the other grisha there like why would you do that that is not the smartest thing to do if you have like a secret the fact that you're thousands of years old and created this fold why would you have your mother work also at the same time i mean like his mother is like powerful and stuff and it's like training all the grisha i mean but she's old so not gonna lie their titles are kind of confusing as well because like obviously shadow and bones the first one but i'm not sure about the rest of them but yes in this one the darkling does blind bagra and then when alina goes to see her again because as punishment for telling alina who the darkling really was and then it's so sad though too because like that's when she realizes the darkling will really do these horrible things to his own mother too not just her i saw this one tiktok and it was like talking about how instead of making the darkling some love interest to (gasps) alina if they made the darkling a father figure figure? that would have been genius that would have been so good too because she didn't really have that kind of connection she's never had a father figure exactly and it'd be a different type of attachment and relationship she'd have with the darkling instead of something like that's much more strong too that could have been much more and he's old like it would have made sense it would have been a creepy yeah wouldn't have been like i mean it would have been creepy but not like as creepy as like i mean it's not like him being a pedophile yeah which he is like maybe like yeah he is (laughs) 
It's like, if, if it was like an older brother or like just a father figure relationship, it would have just, I feel like that would have been a lot cooler because I feel like just in general with fantasy books, I mean, the enemy or like villain is usually also the love interest of some sort. Yeah. So then I feel like it would have been like a nice twist if he was like a father figure instead. Because like with all these like dudes in fantasy that are like a hundred years old or something, being the love interest of these teenagers, girl, teenage Ew, girls, it just gives me icky vibes. You know? Yeah, so that would have been really cool to see. Yeah, also because the Darkling does take a lot of people under his wing, like he did Zoya, which I'm not going to comment too much on their relationship because that's a whole other story. But I did like how he, he really can teach people and he really can teach children like he has, well, not children, but Grisha, like he has in the little palace. So I feel like that would have been really cool if he just focused more on like educating Alina and but then again he also doesn't really like giving anyone power or anything. He wants that so. Also just Mal in this. Okay Mal over the next few books, this book and the next book, he kind of has this whole whole issue. I hate Mal so much for like what he did at like the kind of middle and ending of this book. Like he literally got mad at Alina for like being with the Darkling being with Nikolai. Like, Mal, shut up. And then, okay, she does kiss the Darkling in this. Yeah, but, like, Mal didn't know about that, and that was, like, after she fought with him or something, I think. Wait, how does she kiss the Darkling? She kept on having illusions of him during the book, and then there's one illusion that was actually real or something, where she was actually just kissing him. Yeah, because basically Mal got really upset in this book. He also kissed Zoya in this book, because... Alina was getting all the attention and then he just got into fights and stuff and was ignoring his own job of protecting Alina and then basically she goes out she comes back she thinks that Mal is kissing her and she's like oh that's nice (laughs) and then it's the Darkling and oh no and then she like she basically gets really upset about this Tolia I'm just gonna go with Tolia if I'm saying their name wrong. Oh well. And Tamara, they're honestly the best. One thing that just like pissed me off about Mal is he he kept on getting mad at Alina for like- Things she can't control. Getting No, I mean like from getting attention from other people and for like being in a relationship with these two dudes. When I'm like, Mal, did you just forget She's like- She's a saint? Your whole like- No, I mean Mal was literally a playboy. <laughs> And was also, literally, Alina felt that he wasn't giving her her any attention. So why are you being a hypocrite, Mal? It's literally like like a taste of your own medicine. Calm down. That literally is what pisses me off. And then he just, like, forgets that all of that even happened and just gets mad at Alina and makes her feel guilty for all these things that she has to do because of the position she's in. Like, he can't even be considerate and it's, like, pretty insensitive. Yeah. In the part of the book where Mal kisses Alina and she flinches because she's sees the darkling in the corner he gets all butthurt right and he's like well i've kissed enough girls to know what flinching means and i'm like why is mal kissing flinching girls that's a bit sus i don't know maybe that's just me but i'm like why is he doing that i also wanted to mention coming back to nikolai we don't really care too much about his brother because his brother does die in this in this book because i mean okay he's not the smartest person because he was making deals with the fjordans and the north and then that helped the Darkling, like, leave, essentially. Anywho, so then Nikolai somehow becomes next in line for the throne at the end of the book, and that kind of, like, changes him, because he kind of stops messing around, too, because he's, what, 18-ish, 19 in this book? 
Yeah, because, like, he's finally, like, before it was, like, his brother that would, like, become Yeah. King, but, like, now that he's dead, he's actually in this position where he has to be responsible and has to be serious. He can't pretend to just be Sturmhund anymore and just hanging out with his crew yeah, just... <laughs> just on a boat. Like, they can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, basically. But I did love his character in this book. Like, he was just an enjoyable character. But okay. one other reason why Mao was just kind of more upset, not only because Alina's getting all this attention because she's literally a saint, was because she's already found the stag and the sea whip. So she's trying to find the third amplifier, the firebird, and Mal is kind of concerned about what that power will do to her and if it will affect her or the dark thing, etc. So he's just kind of like worried who she's going to change to be, which I think is kind of common. As, as we've seen throughout this story, Mal is very attached to Alina and who she was and is not really too keen on her changing a lot, like her personality and her character development. So it's kind of annoying. I just wanted to speak about Al Alina for a little bit. I think that it just this is kind of the beginning of her becoming wiser too, especially at the end of last book when she repeatedly tried to trust the Darkling, which to each their own, but not the smartest idea. And so this is when she really gave it all up. She's like, I will never trust you again, which I really liked because finally she gets some wits out of this. Oh, we have themes. I think one theme that we kind of touched on last time was power because they find the second amplifier and they're trying to find the third amplifier. And then also just Mal's opposition to everything that Alina does when it comes to power and the Darkling just doing his thing trying to find Alina because like he's lost a lot of his power because she's now away from him essentially. But I think a lot of the themes that we've discussed in last episode are the same. The themes that we covered in the last episode, they just more so, they're not exactly more new themes I'd say, but they more so just develop throughout the series. Yeah. I also think Alina kind of understands the Darkling a little bit more because she's had more access to her power and because not only the power that she has physically and because she ha she is a sun summoner, but also because she's a saint and everyone recognizes her, so she gets kind of that kind of power from the people. So I feel like she kind of understands that respect and all those things that are happening. So she kind of, I don't know, I think that she feels also very alone because she has no one that she can talk to. Like, she can't talk to the Darkling. Exactly. Like, it's... The this common theme of being of Alina being an outsider because it started from her just feeling like an outsider while she was a, a new found Grisha and like even before then she felt like an outsider and then it was because she had all these powers that made her different and because all the people she's been with or she spent time with who were non-Grisha people they're now like kind of out of her life because she's stuck being a Grisha and now then this kind of turned into her being an outsider as someone who had much power and because no one could really relate to her for that and really the only person that could would maybe be the darkling but darkling is not an option anymore yeah like the one person who she may have felt connected to betrayed her and was using her so a lot of the stuff that he says kind of she takes personally now or she, she kind of thinks a lot more about what he said about their power and them being similar they're basically seeing each other you know she's she's seeing him hiding around he's seeing her 
So with the illusions as well, the Darkling is calling out to her and he's like, haha, I can track you down wherever you are. And Alina's obviously freaked out by this, but she doesn't tell anyone. She doesn't tell Mal because Mal's doing his own thing, you know? She doesn't tell pretty much anyone. And then I think at the end, she learns how to do it herself, visits the Darkling, and she's like, I'm gonna come to get you. And I thought that was really cool. Ready? What would you do if you were Mal and Alina had already found the second amplifier and was looking for the third? How would you feel? How would you react? Okay, no, but actually, well, I'd hope Alina because I know that she's trying to do this for the greater good. And also, if she doesn't get it, the Darkling's gonna get it. So, like, am I supposed to just, like, sit around and pout? Like, no, I'm gonna help Alina, especially because she's my friend and stuff. So I'd be more than willing to help out with that because I don't exactly have anything else going in my life either. <laughs> I mean, true. Nothing else is going on besides Alina. So I don't know with Mal's on, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. If I were Mal, I also know that I... Well, okay, this is hard, but I... I would trust Alina, obviously, to do the right thing because even from the beginning, she's a pretty decent character. Like, in this book, though, she kind of teeters on power, but I think that... I can understand why Mal would be nervous because obviously not just him and his issues about seeing Alina and her character development, but just because power can do a lot to someone, especially because she's gonna live forever and Mal's gonna die. You know, <laughs> he's gonna die eventually. I feel like that was kind of- Also like one thing is that it's either her or the Darkling, right? You can't exactly do anything about it. If you just let Alina be because you're scared, she may get power, then the Darkling's just gonna get power, which will like have him hold power over Alina even more, so. so. Yeah, that makes me question if he actually understands what's at stake. Like, does he actually grasp yeah, that? Yeah, he honestly seems so petty. <laughs> he just, like, one thing about Mal is that he really just, like, in a way, he's, like, he doesn't really consider Alina, but it's, like, at the same time, it's the only thing that he really thinks about because he doesn't really take into, like, consideration all the other, like, things that are at stake or anything else that could happen if he were to not help Alina or to just, like, give her a more difficult time and everything, you know? Yeah. What would you do if you were in hiding and the dark? Darkling and his soldiers just found I you. I would sacrifice Mal. <laughs> I'd be like, take him, not me. Like, for what, though? For what, Trying to though? find the stag. I can find it by myself. I don't need Mal. I mean, you're not- he's a tracker. You won't be able to find- True. Okay, maybe- Anything without maybe. him. <laughs> but I'd be happier because he wouldn't be out here doing his own thing. I feel like I would probably get- oh, if you would like a tailor that could tailor someone to look like you- that would be smart, right? You sell yourself yourself, but it's really just someone else who's probably gonna die eventually to the Darkling. So you just have just enough time for you to escape. And then who would that person be? Mm, I don't know. Okay, this is kind of a dumb question because like, what are you supposed to do if you're in the middle of the sea and you're found by the Darkling? Just keep swimming. Just cry. <laughs> like, You'd have to pull like a okay. Titanic and jump. Hopefully, it'd probably be pretty cold too. Hopefully there'd be maybe two doors or the door would be big enough like, for both Mal like, and Alina. Are there any situations where like you've just thought about and like you figured out a way to outsmart the Darkling? I mean, I haven't really thought about it like that because the book is a blur so I haven't really thought about it at all. Um, <laughs> but like, is there like anything Elena could have ever done to like kind of gird around the Darkling? Because it just seems like every time he ever gets in contact with her, it's like game over. Yeah, I really liked that she didn't, she wasn't completely stupid, you know? 
I will say if there were gonna be a t if there was ever gonna be a time, it probably would have been in the beginning. But during this time, she could have at least tried not to be so resistant to the Darkling. And hear me out, right? Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. She could have totally just went along because okay, the Darkling is lonely, right? She could have totally played into that and the fact that he's been alone for so many years, right? It is dangerous, but she could have tried. I honestly don't. I don't think that's even gonna work because the darkling has been alive for so long and you can already like he's already like such a like good manipulator that he'll know if alina's mm, trying to yeah. pull something on him right so like she can't really like be like oh i love you he's just gonna be like okay and <laughs> you know then i would vote for alina having i just a villain arc and then just become a villain with the darkling yeah i just the power okay, she would whatever have. i try to envision myself and like can i i just like try to go with the flow or whatever I know this sounds, like, bad, but, like, why don't you just, like, go with it and, like, not resist and until, like, you've actually made a plan? Yeah. Or the plan like, never act- comes and then you just, <laughs> you just go I with mean, it. I mean, yeah, but the thing is, like, resisting, like, I'm pretty sure when Alina would arrest or something and, like, get Mal in trouble because he was like, I'm gonna torture Mal if you do something and I'm gonna torture Alina if Mal does something, right? So then, like, them resisting kind of just, like, which didn't really give them any choice to resist or else the other would be her. But, like, what's the Darkling gonna do? Like, what are you gonna do? Like, are you gonna kill us? No. Mm, better not. So you can go cry about it. I just want to mention that okay it is official that shadow and bone the series has come out and it has been out for a while now but oh my god the amount of times i just want to gatekeep it for actually reading the books that one okay there's like the oh okay there's like this one tiktok TikTok is so messed up that was like making fun of like of readers i forgot why would you read and then and then he was sponsored to talk about shadow and bone and then in his like comment section he like this is an apology for that i'm like what apology (laughs) i mean like i get he's just trying to like make that cash but like there are so many like actual like book talkers that could have been sponsored instead or something that actually like and like that aside i feel like people who watch this show it's fine if you watch this it's okay literally anyone who's listening right now it is fine if you have not read the books and you've watched the show that is just fine because we're giving you a recap sort of but if you are the people who think that you're better than everyone else just because you don't read and you think is you would bash people for reading or whatever, then you are the type of people who should not be watching this because it is based off books and like this doesn't make yeah, any just sense. Just don't be a hypocrite. Like yeah. just let people that read be in peace and you can watch whatever, you know? Yeah, you can go back to your Riverdale or <laughs> your watching or your Grey's Anatomy. No hate though, but a little. Yeah, I was gonna say something, but I forgot. I didn't forget my question though. I just forgot what I was gonna comment on that. Let me think about this. I think I'll come up with it soon enough. I don't think I'm gonna come up with it, so let's move on. <laughs> okay. So next question. How would you have reacted to finding out that the guy that's sailing your ship is actually a prince and wants to get married to you? I mean, it's Nikolai, so yeah. What do you mean, yeah? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be upset about that's like it. That's like a what like, I take movement. that as a... <laughs> like, did you just say that? No, it's true, though. <laughs> it is so true. Okay, can, 
honestly, I hope whoever created Wattpad is doing fine with their money. Anywho, I would probably not be too upset with that because it's Nikolai, you know? But if I were Alina, just to know those people don't vibe well together. So I'd also probably just be like, that's cool. But like, she could have became a queen and a saint and she does she could the marriage could be strictly political right she could still have mal she could still have her life but then she'd also be a queen so why say no to more power she wants the power that's why she wants to find the third amplifier like why would she say no to that i mean she doesn't she kind of agree but it's not like as soon as she finds the amplifier she could just like ditch the relationship you know and just not be queen true but she could have more power i'm just gonna say like whatever yeah but I don't really think that's Alina's, like, thing. True. But I think that it could have been her thing in this book. She was kind of teetering on the edge. Honestly, would I be upset about it? I don't think so. Would I be confused? Yes, because what has my life come to? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I was an orphan the other day, like, going into the falls, and now I'm getting married to some prince. I'm being hunted down by Grisha. And the Darkling. And I'm one of the most yeah, powerful and, people like, in this world right now. I don't know. I feel like I just at that moment, I'd probably be having a midlife crisis of some sort. Yeah. You know? But, like, honestly, I'm down for it if it's, like, all political. It's not like we're even doing anything. We're just, like, there for the public. And then we go off and do our own stuff. I know. And then even if she hated him, she could always kill him. Oh, my just gosh. Just to get wait. The, the, you know, after she married him. No, Alina's not the No, darkling. but I'm saying if she if she really hated him, she could have killed him. Okay, she didn't actually have anything really against him. She'd just get annoyed by him. No, but if they got married and she got annoyed by him... My I'm gosh, Kaya. <laughs> Why do you keep on saying that she should have No, I'm him? saying if she if really wanted an- to, she could have killed him at the end after they got married. Then she would be queen and could have the resources to go find and, like, the protection. Well, no one's really protected, but... That caused, like, an uprising or something if she just went ahead and murdered Nikolai. No, 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 but she would frame... She would frame, like, the Darkling or something. But that's what I would do. But I wouldn't murder Nikolai in the first place, so. Gosh, I'm not murdering anyone. But I'd get really annoyed with Mel. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Bookish Besties. We're your co-hosts, Seher and Taya. Make sure to tune in on our episode coming out next week on Ruin and Rising, the third book in the Shadow and Bone series. Make sure to stay in touch on our social medias on Instagram at thebookishbesties underscore and on TikTok at bookishbesties. Have a good rest of your day. Bye bye.